person. I don't know. I think it's a fair mix. I think a lot. I think at least a lot of the material that I've done down here has been more uh, autobiographical, more like stories directly pertaining to my life. Yeah, I I think for the most part, <laughs> it's hard to. I guess it's hard to like think back or like kind of take it out of the context of my own life because it's like oh well I wrote it all so it is kind of like on a certain level personal to me um, mm -hmm. but yeah it, it's mostly like stories stuff like that you know I've been experimenting um, I've been experimenting here actually with this because because there's this there's this kind of idea of being a therapist which is hierarchical which I really hate and um, and how self-revealing is it like appropriate to be and and like even that idea of appropriate right like what is appropriate not appropriation that's a whole other big <laughs> problem too right but um how appropriate is it to be and i've kind of made a decision i'm 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 playing around with the idea of just being completely inappropriate mm. um because that's actually my nature anyway and um it feels more authentic mm -hmm. for me to be authentic and self-revealing but it's a little scary because it's kind of taboo as a therapist mm. in a way yeah to be to say i like to have somebody stick their finger up my ass yeah. or something. <laughs> you know um most therapists i guess probably wouldn't say that they probably wouldn't but they all like it sure anyway. well I don't well maybe, maybe they knows? don't all like it you gotta try it anyway <laughs> <laughs> um look at you Oh my God! We just got this baby. He knows. Oh. So normal therapy is like the therapist sits there with a piece of paper and, and doesn't say anything, and you talk, and then later they tell you stuff, but they never talk about themselves. Is that what you're saying? So well, that that's a that is one particular. Actually, it is a large way that people are trained. People are trained in the whole medical community too. You're trained to not be a person, to keep yeah. your own feelings out of it, to basically not be a human. And I think it is the least healing thing that you can do for another person. Passive listening is passive listening. Yeah. And to tapping not, of a pen becomes the whole session. Right. To not actually because the thing I see particularly in you know talk about suffering that i see in san francisco which is where i live now which is you know this incredibly white privileged place but there's a tremendous suffering of disconnection and loneliness yeah absolutely like, really that you know you talk about war-torn countries and I, i've been um I've had the opportunity to be in a third world country for a period of time. And the amount of human connection that people have is really, really incredible. And, you know, I don't want to live in a place where I'm fearing for my life, but there's always a compensation. Like I, you know, and I think one of the really sad things about white privilege is that we don't have the right to have suffering and that we aren't supposed to because everybody else has it so much worse and there's a different kind of suffering that happens yeah. in your Volvo when you're on your phone and you haven't <laughs> actually phone. talked to a person yeah. um, or you walk by your kids and you don't have a relationship with your yeah. kids or you don't actually have not a having, genuine connection not having real needs because I feel like connection is formed by needs and when you don't have a need because everything's getting dropped off and delivered by a certain person you're paying it's like what are the actual people in your life for like, how, what are you depending on other people for it? And, like, like desperation is a form of connection that's pretty strong. Need, actually. need, it, that's an excellent point. Need is real. I think it's, I think this is where we're really driving off the cliff yeah. as, as a, as a species is because this idea that if we have all our needs met, then we'll be happy and we can do 
fun things or something, but there is that basic, that's really beautiful the way you said that, that needs kind of drive connection. And without the needs, you lose the connection. And without connection, I don't know what there is. Although I, I will say if I like won the lottery or just had a lot of money dumped on me, and like met all those needs, I'd probably be pretty happy. <laughs> like I'd be, I would be totally happy with that, you know. For a minute, oh, that's what you think. I could, but do, the things, I could do a lot. <laughs> you can do a lot. You can do a lot. I don't know. I never want to win the lottery. Oh. Same. I, no I don't way. want it. No. I find like I want to be occupied. You guys with can buy me tickets then. <laughs> my little problems are so good. Like they're so like they cause the perfect amount of stress. Like. I feel like they're real, you know? I'm like, my health insurance, I'm going to get it. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to feed the baby or whatever. And it's like, the bigger your life is, it's like, oh, my CEO, I have 20, 20 employees. Like, I see these people. And it's just like, the, the products that they're making are so dispensable. Like, if the economy busts, like, nobody is going to want, both the parents have their own companies. And, like, nobody's going to want what they're selling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, having, I don't know, I'm not like saying, like, simplicity because some things that are very complica- complicated are, like, really important. But, like, I personally am scared of, like, making my life have too many things in it that don't actually matter. Well, it's a question. So, like, what actually yeah. makes you happy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, I, I picture that. Like, if I, had, if I did win the lottery, I'd just, like, and this is because of who I am and, like, what I was brought up in and what I do now. Like, I would just buy land and, like, build stuff, you know? You just work on stuff. But isn't that what you're doing now? I mean, now I'm not working on the stuff I want to work on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'd love to have like a, my own full shop. You know, like it's kind of like I'd love to. That's what retirement's that. for. I know, dude. right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'll retire. Like my dad's 66. He's there. Both my parents aren't retired yet. I don't know if retirement's in the the burger. Uh, <laughs> I'm never uh, gonna retire. Yeah, in the burger doctrine, but I mean, yeah, I guess I'm doing that now. But it'd be like. I could just like you can make stuff, you know. I could build a fucking boat. Whoa. Would that be cool? Like take the time. My stepdad, he built, uh, he built a boat. I, you know, he did it while he was working at a shipyard. But he built a 24 foot boat in our backyard over the course of eight years, and then he and my mom sailed on it for a little while. Dream. Girl, you want to make? You can make a lot of money building boats. I had, I had a, I had a friend. They had a boat building family. They, they built. Yeah. Sailing boats. It's they starting made, to. It's huge money. They sell those boats for like two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, oh, oh! My God, more. Yeah, yeah but it's starting. Well, to this is get, in uh, Massachusetts, not in San Francisco. It would be five hundred thousand. Yeah, there. it's starting to get out. Well, I don't want to say outsourced, but uh, Turkey is becoming a huge boat building uh, epicenter just because it's ungodly cheap to do boat building over there. You know, wow. you can throw cheap labor at it and get the job done way quicker way under budget so the place my stepfather was working for um pretty like a pretty well-known wooden like wooden shipbuilder in maine um they like closed down three of their buildings three of their facilities sold one off and like had to lay off a ton of people because it's like nobody not a lot of people in the world are splurging for like 5.8 million dollar wooden sailboats. Well, you don't anymore. need a lot of them. You don't need a lot of them if you no. have that. I mean, so these people they had a family business. They had it was yeah. the father and two brothers and um and they built these custom yachts. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like 30, 40 foot sailboats and it take a couple of years and people want it cuz they would visit them and everything, you know, the teak and this is going to be this special way and yeah. they bent all the wood and do all like that 
you know, I believe that we don't have a dream without being able to have the power to make it come true. Like, you really want to build boats, dude? Like, you can do that. You don't have to win the lottery. Yeah. No, but what's well, the was... bigger dream? Comedy? Would you rather do comedy or do you rather, would you rather build furniture? Because furniture seems like an actual talent that could actually make money, whereas comedy is like drink tickets. Right, right, right. Until <laughs> until you get your Netflix special. But even when you get your Netflix special at you this point. You buy one nice outfit and then it's back to drink tickets. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't figured that out yet. You've been soul searched that no. far enough yet. But you like both of them. You're oh like, yeah. It's working out fine. Everything's cool. Right now everything's cool. There you go. Until I have a baby. Uh, it's Are you nice gonna to have, have a baby? It. No, I, I every morning stand in front of the microwave for like five minutes trying to, <laughs> trying to reduce that chance. Yeah. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> he did. He spit up over that one. Yeah. Oh my goodness! The microwave my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Cook them little fishies up. Yeah. My mom used to do this thing with us called the attention store, and it was when we were like upset about not getting something we really wanted. And she just she still does this with me, and my other siblings. And she's just like, well, if you had everything, and time and money wasn't an issue. Like, what is it that you really trying to do? And you just talk for like ten minutes about your fantasy, like in the way you were just doing now. And it's like this really cool practice, and it ends up sometimes building gratitude but also just like oh i could probably do that you know like i wanted to get into comedy and i was just like ah and then it's like oh you can actually it's slower and it's like more at stake and more at risk than like your little dream that you paint but it's interesting to be like well what is it that i really want you know sometimes it's like oh i want a vacation in a hot place and you're like well you could probably do that if you if you save up and you know call it phone a friend or something i don't know it's just, it's just mm-hmm. like a the attention store sometimes like when you're feeling like i don't know like stretched and you want more money <laughs> that's a really beautiful thing yeah yeah i don't know I, I i sometimes joke about it a lot with my sisters like we'll be bitching about something and one of us will be like attention store and you'll be like shut up you know <laughs> like it, but it is it is something because i'm like what like, I don't like being, a, like, a maid. I don't like feeling class consciousness every day. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't... I'm in, like, this half-hot-not world all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm... I think I'm happier than the people that are that I lived that as a, so, as a maid. Yeah. Um, and so... And, it, you know, it was really good preparation for me. Um, it was good preparation for me for what I'm doing now. And um, mm. just... As far as being able to be happy with what is, with what I have, and and outside, you know, we were talking about the manly man thing. To me, like, I call those masks. Mm. Yeah. Like, they're they're these things that we wear, and class is a thing that we wear, and there's a, you know, that that kind of protects us. It kind of can tell us who we think we should be, and so we don't have to do the work to actually check it out and see who we really are. We can just pretend to be this little cutter cookie kind of thing that we put on ourselves and uh people want to put it on us too you know people like always assume i'm like a gay vegan and like sometimes i just let it happen you know like i'm not trying for that look or i'm not trying for that vibe i get that all the time too (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes it's like more useful to just let their assumptions stick absolutely or like people think this is my baby and i'm like yep like it's a gay baby like whatever i just don't care where their assumptions are but like it's so it is so powerful because once i assume the lie that's been put on me in like a a short moment like it's so impactful it's so like if i pretend like this is my baby like it changes than when i say i'm the nanny like who and how i relate to that person so much 
from Isn't that lie. interesting? Yeah, and it's like this, sometimes I do it on purpose, you know, like I pretend like I'm the mom on purpose, I have to stand up about it, but like, it, because of the way people treat you differently. Mother's Day is so fun. The whole week yeah. of Mother's Day when you're a nanny is the best. Just yeah. take it that yeah. whole week. Just take it. You're taking it. <laughs> you're like, people... yes, I am a great mom. You're right. I'm the best mom you've ever seen, aren't <laughs> I? Like, on like the bus. The act of mothering. I don't know. So it's just, yeah, like the roles people put on you versus who you are. And sometimes it can, it can like tilt who you think you are like in your core you're like wait what do I actually believe like am I just toting party line because I look like a party line <laughs> that's interesting right yeah. to expand our possibilities yeah. of who we might be so um did you guys so you knew you were coming to a therapy thing mm-hmm. did you guys have anything that you wanted to work on not not really up front I I've had an interesting I've had an interesting relationship in therapy throughout my life. I the first time I went was probably when I was like eight or nine uh, with my mom, just after my folks split up, and but that was like you know you're a kid and I think I was just like drawing right. crayons on paper or whatever. Play tic tac toe. Yeah yeah yeah. Play tic tac toe. It's like well, how do you feel? I'm like I don't know, dude. Right. Weird. <laughs> Weird dog. My dad's not here anymore. Like what do you want me to say? Right. Uh, and then I tried uh, somewhat recently the online therapy talk space. I don't know if you've heard of that or, or I, I tried it and I was a lot of what I had started. It's like all text based and a lot of what I had gone into was um, kind of wealth gap and like struggling. I have a lot of like wealthy friends. I'm dating a rather like affluent young woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like she, I, uh, always feeling kind of like a struggle to keep up or like meet there, like meet people spending or like, Oh, they're all going out. Like, okay, well I can go out, but maybe I'll take out another credit card so I can go hang out more. Um, and like, she, I just remember getting a text back from this therapist. It was like, well, if you care about that, like, why don't you just become like a hedge fund manager? And I was like, <gasps> I was like, if you think that's how the world works, like you shouldn't be giving people life advice. Cause that's so naive and like, right. Bananas. Just become wealthy. Yeah. You yeah. Can solve your it's problems. such an right. advice. It was like advice that you didn't ask for. It's just so different from what a therapist. Yeah. Advice. I like, it was funny. Cause I like, I like blue. It was like all text. So I'm like, this isn't real. So I was like, you're fucking dumbass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Trolling like, the therapist. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking. And she's like, you should probably find a new uh, person to talk to. I was like, yeah, of course, obviously. Obviously. Uh, but I have been seeing uh, this one doctor in uh, in Portland now who's from Boston mm-hmm. um, in my network. <laughs> uh, it's been decent, but I go like semi-regularly and we kind of talk for a little bit, but I don't, I've never felt that I was on the, um, like on the precipice of collapse or major anxiety attack. So I go in and we chat for an hour and then I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of like, all right, right now. I think it, I like depression, anxiety ebbs and flows for me. So it's, you know, you're catching me on a good week. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know what to talk about. I'm having a good time. Okay. We might poke it down. Do you have anything that you want to work on? Well, honestly, like if I went, okay, there's, if I went to therapist right now, the narcissist performer in me is like, well, how about, maybe we could arrange something. You just ask me questions about my life. And then whatever you think is interesting, keep probing at it. 
because I love talking about myself <laughs> and my stories. And it's just like a narcissistic interview of like, well, what's interesting? Interesting. And it's like the opposite of what you're supposed to do in therapy, which is like, or maybe, but um, what's interesting about my story is what I'm trying to look for right now as a performer because I like storytelling and I think I have a weird past. Um, so there's that, but also like in what I want, I am very ADHD and like my most successful forms of therapy in the past have been not actually digging, which is the opposite of what I just said, but like <laughs> the exact opposite. Welcome to my life. Um, is just like, um, ADHD coaching is like my biggest need of like, what are finding motivation for the things that are like not exciting and not comedy related. And like, you know what I mean? So like, that's, those are the two those are that's what I always want is like right now I'm like well I don't want someone to it's the exact opposite I've said both in the same week I don't want anyone to dig I just want somebody to like help me get my goal list done and also dig and ask me weird questions about my past you paint did you say you paint in like a throwaway thing like not paint I don't think so you didn't okay thank god because I was like you do that too no I used to have hobbies I used to have a lot I used to have a lot of hobbies and they're 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 buried they're just so buried. Now you just have a baby. I'm like, I have two extra hours to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> just like a real mom. Oh yeah. So no hobbies, just comedy and writing. So the way that the way that spiritual psychology works, yeah. and it works lots of different ways, but is um, certainly it can be issue focused. But a lot of times, what wants to happen is just already right here. So, um, a really good place to, well, why don't, we're going to, we're going to poke at you yeah, a little bit it. first and then we'll poke at you. If we, I would say for like, I think one of the things that I definitely notice difficulty in my day to day life is like relationship stuff, like conflict resolution, de-escalation, stuff like that. And like, that's, I guess, areas that I, I certainly see myself wanting to work at. So say more about that. How does how does it come up? Um, I I definitely would say that both my partner and I now are more combative and defensive when it comes to like a conflict or, or we get into an argument and we'll have I'll notice for myself have trouble like really hearing what she's saying mm-hmm. instead of just kind of like focusing on how I'm going to respond to it. Right. You know. That's definitely, I think, probably a, a, a key a key factor of like a lot of males in, oh, in like or maybe everybody. Everybody like, does that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so if you consider a conflict that you guys have had recently, and um, like pull one up, and see if you can. So this is really body-centered work. So see if you can get a sense of like what's happening in your body when you're having a conflict. This is your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're having a conflict with your girlfriend, like what what's happening in your body before you get to the defensive place, or maybe you get there. Do you go right to defense? Think of a conflict lately. Yeah. yeah can yeah. you pick one and even just is it one you can kind of tell us what it is? Just super simple, like. She wanted to go to McDonald's and I want to go to Burger King. No, well, yeah, all right. We'll we'll talk about the most like recent relevant one. And it's actually it was transpiring kind of throughout this festival. Um, but she got like she got really fucked up at a party and like wound up naked in a hot tub making out with a bunch of people. And 
she kind of said it was under the context of like, oh, we were playing spin the bottle. It was like really fun and like not a big deal. You shouldn't really worry about it. And then I was like, well, I kind of am a little bit worried about it. Uh, so that's been an conflict. Late in the evening, she's wandering with clothes to wear. Our back and forth since then has been more of like her trying to explain it as like pretty, not like a, not a big deal, not like an issue that I should be worried about. Where I'm kind of coming from my point of view, being like, hey, I'm out of state. Like, I don't know what was going on, and it is kind of a big deal for me. Right. Um, but we're not really hearing each other. Um, or I guess we're speaking past each other in this in this context. Okay. So if so if they think about um let's kind of go to the well you can pick any of the conversations that you guys have had around this. And um so pick one. It could be the first one, it could be subsequent ones. And so if you if you like consider your body like what is happening we can maybe just bring it up this way right now so if you think about what happened with her in the hot tub and you're not there um how does that feel in your body kind of like like not not well and unease like in your gut kind of like confusion and sadness inside like lower stomach okay so if um, i'm gonna ask you to close your eyes for a minute and see if you can bring your awareness a little bit deeper to that, we're going to be curious about it, about what that feeling is. Because the thing is, we have lots of narratives in our head. We have all kinds of stories, but our body doesn't lie. And I personally believe that any discomfort that we have is an opportunity for us to do some healing work within ourselves and become more whole and more grounded. So, so if you bring your awareness to that really understandable discomfort and sadness and confusion in your belly just see if you can notice like does it have a shape does it have if if it was if we were going to give it kind of open your other senses of sight and sound and taste and touch and smell and instinct and intuition if we were going to kind of give it a form what color would it be what shape would it be what's its density those feelings of confusion and sadness I guess like when I was closing my eyes and just kind of thinking about that listening, it's like just kind of a heavy, dark blue orb. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes shut as much as you can for this. And, um, and so if you bring your awareness to that, um, to that kind of heavy blue orb, and I wonder if you can sense or feel or imagine the first time in your life you ever had a feeling similar to that. And it, it doesn't have to be like a memory. It's just kind of what comes up when I offer that possibility. When was the first time you felt that kind of sadness and confusion in your belly? Uh, I, could, I think back to like a moment which I, I like smile about now or laugh about now, um, which was when my folks were still together and they're having a like a really big fight uh-huh. and it was like on Easter and we had these uh, like uh, laminate like Easter placemats like kids placemats mm-hmm. and my dad ended up like ripping them apart for some reason uh, and I think looking back then I was like really like afraid and sad and confused but I mean it's funny looking back now because it's so absurd but 
that that would be a, another heavy blue orb feeling. Okay. So if you, how old, how old were you when that happened? It's probably like five or six. Okay. So if you see if you can, do you want to drop the mic on her? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, if you see if you can sense or feel or imagine that little boy at that age and this is happening and he's having these really bad feelings and I wonder if you could imagine yourself as you are today with all the experience you've had all the work you've done in your life you've done a lot of work and stepping into the scene as the adult self you are today with that little boy and make yourself known to him and notice how you feel about that little boy who's feeling sad and confused and his parents are having a big fight. And how do you feel about him, that little boy? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, how it feel. I mean, I would just want to be there to, you know, support him and comfort him and make, make sure he knows that it's going to turn out okay. What does he need? Probably just a hug or some human contact. So in spiritual psychology, all time is present time. So even though this is something that happened a long time ago, on, a, on the level of the psyche, it's something that still exists today as if it was right now. So if you give that little boy a hug, what happens? Uh, he probably feels better. Mm-hmm. What has your relationship been like with that little boy in your life? How have you treated him? Mm. He's a really sensitive boy. Mm. Yeah. He's really sensitive. And that situation that you've laughed at over the years, that was really, really scary for him. Things were coming apart in his family, and he knew it on some level. So, you know what we want to tell him? We want to tell him that happened a long time ago, and he doesn't have to live in that anymore. Things are really different now. And you actually can be his healthy parent now. And we want to bring him out of that situation in that kitchen with dad raging and all. That was terrible for him. And he doesn't have to live there anymore. Would he like to leave that place and come with you? Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we bring him to a beautiful and peaceful and powerful place in nature? Maybe one of the favorite places you've ever been some place where you felt really connected. And where would you bring him? He doesn't have to live in that anymore. We're going to get him out of there. Yeah. Let's say just the coastline of Maine, just Mm. kind of being home. Mm -hmm. I can smell it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
those rough rocks. Is it day or night? Daytime. Mm. What's the quality of the air? Uh, it's nice. It's, you know, end of summer turning into fall. Mm. So it's kind of crisp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how does he feel to be there? Safe. And the sky and the ocean, the earth is there. So we want to let him know that this is a really safe place. That nobody can come here without his permission. This is a sacred place for him. This place has only his highest good in mind. And we're here to help him. There's a lot that's good about this little boy. What's good about this boy? What are his gifts and talents? He's got a... (coughs) weird sense of humor (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like he already knows he would like to build stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in this place with these really powerful elements what does he feel the most comfortable with the water, the sky, the earth the rocks yeah the, the water, the water and the rocks yeah So I wonder if he becomes aware of the water and the rocks, if he can open to the possibility that the rocks and the water are also aware of him, that they're available for him as a source and a resource of strength and wisdom that the elements of water and stone are actually elements that are in his own body. They're like his relatives. How is it for him to open to that possibility? Being supported by the earth. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything he'd like to do with the water or the stone? Uh, just jump in, you know, just get in the water. Tell him to jump in. And really notice how it feels. How is it to jump in the water? Be surrounded by it. It's nice. It's cold, definitely cold, but uh-huh. it's nice. And so... How does that little boy, how does he feel about you, your adult self? Feels comfortable, feels happy to have that friend. Mm. And what does he need from you? What does he need from you? He just needs, needs me to be there. Just to know that he's there. Mm-hmm. And are you willing to be there for him? Yeah. Mm. And how is it for him to hear that, that you're willing to be there for him? It's it's good. Mm. Is there anything that you would need to do or change 
in your life today to make room for him to be loved and cared for in the way that he really needs? I don't really, I don't really know. I don't really know. Ask him. If he was going to come and be with you in your life today, is there anything that you'd need to do or change? There might not be. Just to be open and open and accepting to that, I guess. Mm-hmm. To pay attention to him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, is he interested in coming and being with you in your life today? Or would he like to stay in this place in Maine? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'll just say this. He will always, and so will you, you will always have access to this spiritual place. Now that you have made this connection, you will always have access to it. So coming into present time fully doesn't mean that you don't have access. You will always have access to the power of this place. But it's up to him. Yeah. He can stay if he wants, or he can come and be with you. No, he, he, he can come and be with me. Okay. Think, yeah. So, I wonder if you can... Well, first I want to ask, is there anything else he wants to do in this place before he comes to be with you? No, just, just to breathe in the, the salty air. and I don't know. That's it, really. Okay. So, take a deep breath of that salty air. And and I wonder if you can sense or feel or imagine hugging him into your body, like butter melting into toast, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, bringing this part of your own soul home to where he really needs to be, where he can be safe and loved and cared for by you in the way he's always needed. You might feel a filling sensation as he integrates into your body all the way down to the soles of your feet and the tips of your fingers and the crown of your head. And knowing that this connection with this really beautiful part of yourself, this really pure boy, that it will inform and transform all areas of your life, whether you're aware of it or not, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, creatively, socially, relationally, that when we this is called soul retrieval, and when we add to our own life energy, it informs all areas of our life. And that you're going to be able to easily and naturally relate with this part of yourself in a healthy way and care for him, which means caring for yourself in a way you've probably never done before. And you're ready to do this to care for this part of yourself in this way and to open up to his vulnerability and his truth and and also to receive the life energy that he holds even more of his own quirky sense of humor and his engagement with the world and his curiosity and his sensitivity and his perception. He feels very perceptive to me. That those will add to your life his innocence, 
and his openness and his connection with the earth and the ocean and that through him you'll have even more of yourself so if you take a minute right now and see if you can sense or feel or imagine that little boy in the studio with us right now where is he by my, by my side, I guess. By my side. How's he feeling? Better. Definitely better. Safer. Happier. And how is it for you to have him here in this way? Uh, feels nicer to have him here instead of back in, you know, memories, bad memories. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's not like those things didn't happen, but he doesn't have to live there. We can have him in present time where he can be cared for right now. And so, if you think about the dynamic that's been happening in your partnership, this really painful dynamic that's been happening, and consider that your responsibility is to care for him. And how, and when things, when there's an exchange between you and, and her, if you can focus on him and caring for him and how that might change how those dynamics go going forward, not even with her, but within yourself, that that's your job Hmm. is to care for yourself and to be honest about what he needs with yourself first and then to decide how to advocate for him. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. How is it for him to hear that? Uh, it's good. It's, uh, I mean, I like that. I definitely like that. that. That perspective, that point of view. That idea of taking care of, of, that, of that person. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, how do you feel in your body right now? Just bringing your awareness to him and right in present time um th- warmer warmer inside better than before excellent so ask that little boy if there's anything that he needs or if there's anything he wants to do or communicate right now i don't i don't think i don't think so i don't think he does i think he just needs to be recognized or be you know saw to be seen after does he know you're a comedian <laughs> uh yeah I guess uh, he does now <laughs> see if you can show him show him your life today show him where you live and what you do and people you hang out with and you know, you're in San Francisco right now. You've been on a bunch of radio shows, and you've done a bunch of comedy, and you build yeah. stuff for a living. And yeah, so... Yeah. How does he feel about all that? Uh, proud. Proud. Mike. Proud. Can you hear yourself? No. You should be proud. No? Yeah, I can hear myself. I can hear I can myself. hear him. I can't hear me. Can, can you hear, hear me? Yourself? Yeah. I can hear you. You can hear I can't hear me. I can't. I. It's really good. <laughs> I can hear. 
really good. You got 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. You can, I can hear it. So yeah. just know that you're going to be able to easily and naturally Who is that talking? connect with this part of yourself going forward. And you'll also be able to connect with that energy of the ocean. And it exists in the Pacific Coast, too. Um, and that these are sources and resources for you of strength and wisdom and guidance and, and grounding. Um, in what's true because the truth really does set us free and the more that we can own what's true about ourselves the more power we have in the world um, there's a force of good so really great work really great work That um, part of the reason that I want to do this work on the radio is because in the 80s, I tell this story a lot, there was a man named John Bradshaw, and um, and I was watching TV one day, and I, um, I saw him do a process not dissimilar from the one we just did, and I was blown away. Um, and it often happens with five-year-olds, the five-year-old part of ourselves. There's a there's something there's a split that happens at five. Where we Can you hear this microphone? Okay, good. When I saw that happen, I realized that there was a possibility for healing that I didn't know was possible. And, uh, and I ended up spontaneously, I had an experience where I spontaneously like connected with a five-year-old part of myself. And um, it was many years later, I was cleaning house for a woman who was a therapist she ended up becoming the teacher for this work that I do now. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, thank you so much thank you. for sharing. Because yeah. I believe that when we see or hear what's possible for other people, um, yeah, then we know that it's possible for us as well. I always want to clap at the end when you do that because <laughs> it's like a fucking circus magic trick. It's like, woman in Look, it works. It's crazy. No, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Um, magic. No, it is magic. It's magic with a K. It's it's alchemy. It's alchemy of of connecting. How do you feel? All right. It's, you're really vulnerable. It's really vulnerable. I don't normally cry in front of strangers, but uh, <laughs> it's um. It's okay. It's Mutiny Radio. We're yeah, all family here. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, I mean, what it is, it's an op- for me. The way I see it is that it's an opening 
it's like it's it's in, it's like almost like osmosis where a part of our self like the membrane has to become thin so that we can receive and expel and so you know for me um as someone who hated crying because i hated being vulnerable but it kept me frozen away from parts of myself to like really open up it's then when i open up like then i can receive mm. you know so um that was really beautiful no it really was it was really beautiful um Uh, can you hear anything through the headphones? Yeah. I can't hear anything through mine. That sucks, really? Let me try. Let me check it out. I'll grab these. Like, I can hear it, but I can't Oh, it's because it. I turned on the subwoofer. I'm sorry, the sub speaker. Yeah, so I'm just going to test it out. It's a really simple right. meditation. Oh, uh, no. It's uh-huh. connecting... Um, uh, can you hear I'm me? All about yeah. authentic sources. I can't of power, hear anything through these. Yeah, that's right. Right. Authentic sources of power that we use. Well, true. Whether it's putting other people down or trying see, to see, I hear everything through there. Oh, these ones are all messed up. Trying to get too much money, yeah, or like this. But when we, when we have authentic power, um, different stuff happens. Better stuff happens. You run into people in the dog park and they make okay. <laughs> and they make appointments with you. Serendipity happens. Anyway, so. Um, so this is a guided meditation. So we're gonna do more, and um, and can I would. Uh, can you hear me? On this. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, so you're going to visit a friend. You're gonna go visit um, a very old friend. And yeah. Now you can hear me. It, they're probably at the end of their life. You can hear this. Yeah, but these are all distorted. So I a little bit. If you this bear is a little bit. This one only comes out of one ear too. But really? It may be. This one is clean though. Yeah, it's a clean sound. This one is messed up. In the city, here is their home. And. This is a beautiful place. place. You love to go there. You've been there many, many times. And it's very warm and inviting. And kind of notice if it's day or night. What is the approach to their home like as you begin to move toward it? And just kind of noticing if you smell anything, do you hear anything? Like really what you're being present with what's around you. And you approach their front door, and the door's unlocked because they've been waiting for you. And they notice if the door has a color. You open the door, and you want to call to them. I'm here, and you can hear them. I've been waiting for you. Are you gonna, um, and as you place, move into the home, yeah, noticing, do notice that. how it's decorated. To, notice what colors. Like, notice what the furniture is like. Any you were talking about playing, like when you take a break, what's you, the quality like, of the light? One, and then we're the gonna talk about something else, and then you're gonna play another one, and, and then you talk about something else, and yeah. I'll play one live. Yeah, I think we'll close it See out if you can notice where uh-huh. they are. They may be in the back room. They may be outside. They may be waiting for you. And so you approach 
the place where they are. And, uh, and they're so glad you've come. And if they're able, they might even stand if they still have enough health to do that and greet you. And as you move to embrace them, you realize that this is actually yourself as a very old person at the end of your own optimal existence. You've lived your best life. And this old and wise part of yourself <laughs> is so glad you've come. And they want to share their wisdom and their experience with you now. And see if you can notice how they feel about you. And how you feel about them. Optimal self at the end of your life. And how do they feel about their life? How do they feel about themselves? And is there anything that they want to do or communicate with you right now? Any words of wisdom, suggestion, advice? From the great experience. They know everything about you. And to see, we just want to ask them if they're willing to be available as a source and a resource going forward. That again, in many, many traditions, it's understood that all time is present time. That the past and the future are constructs. And that everything is available to us actually right now. And when you're ready, you might say goodbye to them knowing that, again, they're always available to you. And move back out through the home, back out the front door, and back out into the world, bringing this connection with you, back into your body fully in present time. And You might take a moment and see if you can sense or feel or imagine calling that wise part of yourself, your own highest self, into the room right now. And where would they be in relation to you? They'd be beside you, in front of you, behind you, within you. And see how it feels to have them here. have access to our own deepest wisdom, our own timeless nature, like a teacher or a guide that has only our highest good in mind. 
And just know that this is always available to you, whether you're alone or with others, whether you're busy or at rest, that you can just bring your awareness into your body in this way and make this connection. And you're actually adding to your own resources in a really healthy and helpful way. So just bringing this back with you. And remember everything fully and open your eyes when you feel ready. Magic! <laughs> so what happened, Pam? I don't know why I live in San Jose, but that's weird. Okay. Did you live in San Jose? I lived in San Jose on a weird dog. I don't, I don't know. It was my grandma's house when I was growing up. Mm. And then I was like, I'm like, why am I living in San Jose? But no, good stuff, smart person. I'm never going to have to take Xanax again. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm cured! What did, so what did she say to you? Uh, just to calm the fuck down. Everything's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> chill out. It's, you're fine. Yeah. How, how is it to hear that you're fine? Uh, well, from myself, that's unusual. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I think you're fine, babe. Thanks. That was, that was pretty magical. That's good stuff. So I love right. Pam. Pam, I just yeah, love, I love you. you I really you, love you. I tell you, you helped me so much. I love it was her. Same thing he, you did with him. She does the second part. Oh, man, when Pickle Dick turned into the <laughs> Jigglypuff in the sky <laughs> on the town. Like, it was life-changing. Yeah, she took the negative voice out of me. It's been gone. It's gone. For months. It's gone, for huh? months. It's fucking gone, yeah. Months ago, she took the negative voice out of my head, and it was magic. I can do that. I didn't take it out. You did. No, oh, well, thank you. You, you led did. me I to just take the negative the voice out of my head. And then, and then Pickle Dick went away. <laughs> Pickle Dick went away. He did. <laughs> he did. Were you able to connect with a part of yourself? Um, I mean, sort of. I was kind of wrapped up in my own head a little oh, bit, but... A little distracted. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I definitely thought more about like my home growing up in Maine and mm. stuff like that. Good. All right. It's uh. All right. So we gotta end. God, it's okay. With a Colin. joke. <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys like? Can you give like a two minute? Can you each give like a minute and a half bit before we go? <laughs> Switch right to like raunchy comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's take a trip down the trellis sea through all the dirty water and all the dry up
Yes. You going by Noah Frank? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I can hear him. I can hear you. You can hear me? I can't. You can't hear me? Is there a way to? Is there a way to? Is there a way to turn these mics up? It was just. Uh, there it is. Wait a minute. I think. Wait. No. Can you turn our mics up a little louder? All the way. Oh yeah, I can hear myself. Uh, yeah, I can hear myself. Okay, cool. That's good. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear myself. Yeah. <laughs> 